Hi, listeners of College Prep Genius. This is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm the founder and director of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network, as well as a podcaster. My show is Vintage Homeschool Moms, and I'd love to share my insights, tips, and sometimes humorous take on life as a homeschool mom with all of you. I'd love to have you tune in after you've listened to this wonderful broadcast. And while you're at it, head over to iTunes and be sure to give this podcast a star rating. Share it on social media or in an email with your friends. And then head over to Vintage Homeschool Moms and join me there. I look forward to connecting with you. And please come over and see all our great shows on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, as well as the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Thanks and God bless. Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome. This is your moderator, Felice Gerwitz, with Jean Burke on the line, and this is episode number 56, and this is a continuation of our podcast of Inside Secrets about College Entrance. And uh, today we are going to be uh, talking with Jean Burke, who's on the line, about uh, six more secrets that she has to reveal, and I'm just blown away with the other podcast with the five, and um one of the things we were really excited about um, with sharing that is that this is really uh, going to help your students. So um, you can listen uh, to the podcast, of course, as you are now, and, and get the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. Uh, look for number 57. All right, Jean, what is uh, number six on the list? Well, number six is you can reduce the pressure of getting your best score with these two simple strategies. And what pe- most people don't realize is that the average student maybe takes the SAT or ACT maybe one to three times. And like we were talking about on the last podcast, unfortunately a lot of counselors, uh, a lot of well-meaning friends or other parents you may know tend to give, you know, wrong information. And by the way, if these people are not going to be paying for your kid's college, then you really need to get professional advice um, because I've seen so much wrong information out there from well-meaning parents or even homeschooling parents that will, you know, give you uh, information that either they somehow thought it was true or they repeated it from someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Colleges do not care how many times you take the SAT or ACT. You, they want you actually to take it many, many times. Colleges get their rankings based on scores, which means, of course, the higher the score, uh, the higher their rankings go and the more money they'll give you. So SATs and ACTs should never be a one-shot deal or should never be kind of put all your eggs into one basket uh, because with your scores, even from different attempts, uh, and massively can massively increase your chances to win scholarship money or, you know, attend the college of your dreams. And so there are two – two little strategies 
and they're called Score Choice and Super Score. And 85% of colleges are going to admit and give scholarship money solely based on test scores. Uh, so obviously, if you do well, it's you know your way to get you know a piece of that action, a piece of that money. And so, this is why students should start taking these tests early in middle school. Not not only to get familiar with the test, but also can, you know, like I said before, learning from their personal weaknesses and being able to work on them. You know, the pro the pro golfer doesn't show up on the day of the Masters just kind of hoping he's going to do well. You know, he he's been on that course practicing on it many, many times over many months and many years. And so when he ultimately does qualify for the Masters, when it's like $10 million, he knows exactly what he's doing. And so this is mm -hmm. why it's so important that younger students start early. Um, and, and thanks to score choice, you know, you can choose which scores you want to submit to colleges. You know, of all the tests that you can sit for, you get to choose the date that you tested best on. The reason why you should take multiple times is because most schools actually not only will let you send the scores in when you want, but they'll compile your highest scores across several attempts. So this is called super score. And when, you know, by doing this composite score uh, and putting together your best score, you might take, get the SAT math really um, a great score on one time and then the reading another time. And most colleges will pull together the highest scores from different tests. Um, so, again, the key is that generally the students who start test prep early are the ones who have the biggest score increase, they receive the most money, and then they ultimately get to go to the colleges of their choice or go to the best colleges. So let me give you a okay, couple of links so, that you can find out more about them. Yes. Okay. So that's what I wanted to know. Just give us a quick definition of score choice. What would that be? Score choice is where you get to pick the scores that you want to send to the colleges. You never have to send any score into any college unless you want to. So that's why if you're a sixth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader taking the test, there's no pressure on you because those scores will just sit there. Unless all of a sudden you make an amazing score, then you can send it into the colleges later. But that helps our younger kids to go in there and know that nobody will ever see those scores unless we want them to. So that's why it's okay. so important to not wait until later in the high school years to give yourself a lot of chances to do very, very well. And then super score is where most colleges take the highest scores from different tests. And so I've got a couple of links that the, that the listeners can go to and find out all about who's, who does super score, who does score choice. And so for uh, ACT, you can go to college prep genius.com forward slash ACT super score um, there and of course their score choice um, they don't have anything specifically for score choice but they do have several opportunities a year that students can actually uh, use certain dates to list the colleges and dates of their choice that they can report to and then on the SAT if you go if you go to SAT if you go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash SAT score choice, you can find out more about that. And then if you go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash SAT super score, you will get a list of the colleges that will do that. Now, they, what they do is they call it the highest section of scores across test dates. 
So that's the same thing as a super score. So, you know, again, colleges what your overall highest scores. It improves their rankings. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship because they look better and you get lots of money. Very good. And um, that is so good to know. Okay, and the second thing. All right, number seven. This is a subtle ACT change that flew under the radar that actually can benefit the students. You know, when the college board was changing, you know, it was kind of announced, you know, three or four years ago, there was so much press about it. And people, uh, you know, were commenting on it and reporting on it, and there were articles written on it, you know, about the SAT being redesigned. Um, But what was interesting is there was no fanfare about the changes to the ACT. Not a big deal made. Nobody even really knew about it. Uh, But the consequently, most people didn't realize that, hey, you know what? If you don't watch out, there's some things going on behind the scenes that actually are some changes that you need to know about it. So back in September of 2016, the ACT changed a few things on their test. Um, they changed the allotted time for the essay. So used to the essay was 30 minutes long, and now it's 40 minutes long. And they adopted a new grading system, which uh, mimics the old SAT essay score and formats. So the scoring for the new ACT essay mirrors the old SAT's perfect 12. So really what it boiled down to was how important it was that students can actually learn to write a persuasive essay by having most of it written even before the test date. So regardless of whatever the essay question prompt is, you know, there is a fast way to write this essay. You know, we have a proven template that works on the old SAT essay that will work on the new ACT essay. And so if you want to know about the changes, that were, there was also more changes having to do with some of the sub-scoring that they added. Uh, you can go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash ACT essay changes. So, again, the key is that this essay is a persuasive essay, just like the old SAT essay. Okay, very good. Yeah, Mike did not like the change in the SAT. Mm-hmm. So, um, he liked it to the persuasive one. He was better at that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's amazing that that kind of flew under the radar with the ACT. Very good. Good to know. All right. So um, let's do one more before we take a break, or did you have something else you wanted to share about that? No, no, no. Let's do one more. Let's get another one in there. Okay, so number eight, Uh, every college takes either the SAT or ACT, every single college, 100%. And why that's so important to know is because I am continually, you know, getting people to give me great pushback about how their schools will only take one or the other. Uh, and so just want to make it clear that it is uh, 100% of every college. You, you know, 20 years ago, um, you kind of had to choose which test you took depending on whatever college you wanted to apply for or, or t- attend. Uh, you know, for example, if you were going to go to, to the schools up north, uh, they preferred the ACT Schools down south or maybe the west or east coast prefer the SAT. 
Uh, but now every single college takes either one. So what's, what's sad is various states or high schools, e- even parents, are, are telling students, uh, you know, that colleges are only taking – certain colleges only take one or the other. Uh, but, again, they are widely accepted by every college. And the cool thing is if the college does prefer one over the other, what they will do is they'll convert the score. So if your student got a 1340 on the SAT, then they'll convert that to a 29 on the uh, ACT or, or vice versa. So uh, the, the sad thing and what's unfortunate about it is when certain areas only promote, let's say, the ACT, and this happens a lot in some of the states I go to, what they're doing is they are doing a disservice to their students uh, but not by not giving them the opportunity for the SAT and certainly the PSAT, which, you know, yields, uh, you know, uh, yields amazing scholarships in the junior year. So, you know, I, I'm a big believer in trying them both. I mean, they're, like I said earlier, they're like 99% of the same tests, and, and both their websites, you know, contain uh, a free test that you can download and try them out. So if you want to find the conversion chart on what a, you know, a 1600 obviously is the same as a 36 on the ACT, but if you want to know anything in between, you know, go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash SAT ACT conversion chart. And, and you know, the if you want a good, easy overview of both tests, uh, you can find it certainly on my website. But honestly, the reading on both uh, is basically the same. You get four answer choices on the SAT, five on the ACT. The writing English sections, both test grammar, style, and analysis. Math on both is basically the same. Some trig, algebra, geometry, no grid-ins on the ACT. Um, there's no science on the SAT. But here's the cool thing. You don't even have to know one iota of scientific knowledge ace the science section on the ACT because it's just like the SAT reading section. Uh, essay is analytical on the SAT, persuasive on the ACT. Scores are not average on the SAT, but they are on the ACT. SAT is offered seven times a year with unlimited tries. ACT is offered six times a year, and you can only try it, attempt it 12 times. Um, and, of course, 1,600 is perfect for the SAT and 36 on the ACT. Okay. Do you have one place where you they can read all that on your website? Do you have a specific link, or is that just something they can find on your website as well? They can, yes, they can find it in my knowledge base on my site. So it's kind of like the frequently asked questions section. Okay. All right. Perfect. Let us take a really quick commercial break, and we'll come back with three more insider secrets about college entrance exams um, and I like your subtitle which is what the test makers and test prep companies don't want you to know except for college prep genius they want you to know this so we'll be right back <laughs> with college prep genius free college can happen to you that's right it's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future Imagine getting free tuition, room, and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally-featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT. You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. Raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. 
Visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is episode 57, where you can find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And there have been so many links in this podcast, Gene, that I think people have memorized the name of your uh, website. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, there's some great links, and they're in the show notes um, on on the podcast uh, website. So we've been learning about um, some of the secrets, and you've got um, three more for us. So, All right. So number nine, why you should always write the SAT essay, even though it's optional. And, you know, a lot of people will, you know, tell you, hey, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal if it's optional. And the school that you want to go to doesn't require it. You know, hey, why why even do it? Well, you know, there are four reasons why students should always write the essay. And, and, and again, whether it's required or not. And I think that if you tell the average teenager, hey, it's, it's optional, you know, what, what are they going to do? They're, they're not going to do it. Um, but, again, here's some inside secrets uh, to let you know why you should always do it and some stellar reasons you should make it your business to write it. So number one, your scholarship submission will be a comprehensive one. So with the number of so many people opting out of the essay, when you do write the essay, you are actually submitting a complete profile, which will more greatly support your chance of available opportunities and scholarships. So there's always something about going that extra mile. And in this case, by writing that essay and, you know, the, the counselors looking at that, that, of course, certainly can open up more doors for scholarships. Now, number two, um, there are actually colleges that will exempt a student from writing classes if they've written the essay. So what that does is that obviously will give less pressure on the student for later. And so, I mean, who doesn't want to get out of the class if they don't have to take it? And so, hey, you might, you might as well write it. Another way, another tool for you uh, in the future that, that could totally help you. Uh, num number three, you know, sh should an admissions counselor be on the fence about a student's application, um, they actually will use the essay as the, as the positive deciding factor. So if, let's say, you have the same GPA, the same SAT score as another student, um, but you've written the essay and they have not, then you're the student they're going to go with. Uh, you're the deciding factor because of that essay. So, again, you know, we're always wanting to better ourselves and to benefit ourselves. So, again, write that essay. And and I think number four is something that a lot of people don't think about. But, you know, when you when you sign up for the, the SAT online, there is a place where you can opt in or opt out of the essay. So let's suppose a student decides to opt out of the essay. Um, and then they go in, they take their SAT scores, and they get an amazing score. But then all of a sudden, the college they want to go to, or maybe they change their mind, or maybe they change their policy, they say, hey, we require the essay. Well, now you you have to actually go back and resit for the entire SAT again. Uh, you can't just go write the essay only. So you have to sit through the whole thing, retake the whole test again before you can even get to the essay. And, and you know, e even if you're a student who has already signed up and you've opted out, you can still opt in when you get there. So when you're checking in, if they 
have enough room for you. They've ordered enough materials. Um, you can still write the essay. So hope is not all lost. If you one of those people who didn't know about all these um, benefits to taking the SAT essay, uh, so j- just just keep that in mind. And you know this is kind of not in the top four things, but another reason is you know the the SAT essay is a stand is standardized. It's just like the rest of the SAT. You know we 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 have a proven template to show you how to get a perfect score because if the College Board gives a perfect score on one essay, it's got to give a perfect score on another one that is the same. You know, the SAT is um, standardized all the way through. And so, um, you know, you can learn to write a perfect scoring essay in, like, let's say, 25 minutes. I mean, you get 50 minutes. Hey, the other 25 minutes, just lay, put your head down and take a quick nap, you know. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it all adds up to less work and stress in the long run. And, and, you know, even greater opportunity. So always write write the essay. Now, if you want to know a list of colleges that absolutely do require it, again, here's my website, collegeprepgenius.com forward slash required SAT essay. Okay, very good. Okay. And then All right. Now, um, in re- wait a second. In reverse, if you signed up for the SAT online and you opted in to take the SAT, if you decide last minute you're sick and you don't want to take it, you don't have to, right? You can leave early. Yeah, or, I don't believe so. Um, uh, but one of the things that you do need to be well aware of, and I think a lot of people don't know this, is that if for any reason you walk out of the essay while you're there, let's let's say uh, you you write your essay, you you write, you know you take some amazing class called College Prep Genius, and <laughs> and they teach you how to write a perfect scoring essay in a short time, and you've got all this time left over, and you're thinking, hey, guess what? I can go leave early and go catch that game. Um, you will actually get a zero. Uh, for walking out early, um, so keep that in mind. You don't you don't want to do that, and so um, you stay the duration even if you're through. Okay, very good to know. Okay, so the next one. All right, number ten, uh, kind of along the same lines. The ACT essay is also optional. Um, but again, just like the SAT, you should always write it, and you know for the same reasons. You know, like we talked about, and what's really interesting about the SAT versus the ACT as far as cost is concerned, the ACT essay is a separate cost. So if you take the ACT, um, then you're going to end up having to pay two different fees, one for the ACT and one for the essay, uh, as opposed to the SAT where it's all one price. Um, So just keep that in mind. Um, But, you know, what what more can I say? You've got to always write the essay. It just makes good sense and, and could very well translate to a great score, you know, ultimately even free college as well as other scholarship mm-hmm. opportunities. So, uh, and, and you can also, again, you can check to see which colleges absolutely require the ACT. Uh, but regardless, we recommend you always cover all your bases and write it no matter what. So to find that list of colleges that require the ACT, again, go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash required ACT essay. Okay, very good. All right. 
All right, one more for today. All right. Guess what? Colleges are looking to brag about you. I, I know that sounds crazy, but colleges are on the lookout for high scores to not only improve their reputation as a go-to college, and ultimately it starts with that recognition of the National Merit Corporation for students who have those high PSAT scores in the junior year. And, of course, if you haven't ever heard my testimonial uh, about how we threw away seven trash bags, you know, of college offers when my son became a National Merit semifinalist of full ride, tuition, room and board, grad school, and all that, you know, it's certainly on my other podcasts. Um, so be aware of, of the minimum number of actual annual merit scholarship awards that the, the National Merit Corporation expects each college to offer based on the junior PSAT. People don't realize it, but there's actually a list that will tell you what the colleges are looking to get as far as a minimum. I'm, I'm going to give you a link in a moment, but like I said, some of the perks that we received, uh, you know, were full rides, free tuition, room and board, grad school money, new computers, spending cash, honors dorms, you know, study abroad stipends. So uh, P the PSAT, as you know, and many of my other um, podcasts, is not a practice SAT. The P stands for preliminary. So uh, it's life-changing. And that's why I'm a big believer in starting your kids early. You, you know, you can start taking the PSAT 8-9, which is a brand-new kind of early PSAT um, starting in the younger grades. And certainly by taking in the 8th and the ninth and the 10th grade, great practice. And, of course, the junior year when, is when it counts. So a really cool resource that I found, if you'll go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash national merit schools, and flip over to page 20 to 22, it's going to show you the minimum number of national merit scholars that these colleges are looking for. And I'll give you an example. Baylor is looking for 35. So by being armed with that information and knowing what a school is looking for, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to talk with them and say, well, Baylor, how many, how many national merit scholars do you have right now? Oh, well, we have 22 oh, wow, I know you want to get 35. So now I'm thinking, what can, you know, what do you need to do to get me to come here, you know? And so many times colleges will play off each other. You know, if one is going to offer you full rides, then then say, hey, well, they're giving me this. Well, what will you give me? And, and the perks can be absolutely unbelievable because these colleges take this bragging rights for the National Merit Scholarship Program of these students who've done well, and they, they list them you know, in, in their brochures, they list them on their websites, they talk about how many they have and promote themselves as being this very, very smart school and to try to attract the best applicants. And so you basically make them look good and they're going to absolutely brag about you. So, uh, you know, again, that's why I'm such a big believer in that PSAT. So I know we've done seminars in the past and podcasts about the PSAT. If you haven't listened to them, right. definitely want to go back but uh yeah. anyway it gives you I'll gives put you the link up. on here for that um i will put it in the show notes as well but yeah you can go on the ultimate com, and on that front page there is a search bar and if you just type in psat uh, you can find it as well as i will have the link in the show notes on podcast 57 on collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast uh, last words, Jean, because we are out of time again on this on this show. We just seem to run through <laughs> through our time so quickly. 
One of the things I want to always say to all parents listening is please, please, please make sure you check um, reputable sources. Um, Well-meaning friends, uh, you know, uh, other kids, parents, even counselors, so many times, and I've heard it so many times, hundreds and thousands of times over wrong information, but it's going to cost you or your students scholarship money uh, if they give you the wrong advice. And I was uh, going to teach a class here in Texas in a, a particular city, and there was a well-meaning homeschooling mom uh, who posted uh, to the social media group that homeschoolers no longer need to take the SAT, uh, which not only is false, but that's also discrimination against everybody else. And so everybody believed this well-meaning mom. And what what you're going to find out is that in a year or two when these kids start to apply for college and they start to ask them about their SAT scores, you know, they're going to sort of have an arrogant attitude of, well, we're homeschoolers, we don't need it. And, the, you know, the colleges are going to say, hey, au contraire, you need it more than anybody because you need something to validate your transcript because I don't know if you made that mm-hmm. stuff up or not. So um, when it's your child's future on the line, please check with reputable mm-hmm. sources. And, and even go to the College World website themselves um, because right. uh, it could only cost your child lots of scholarship money. And I just want to add to that, um, I got into some discussions, I won't call them arguments, with some parents on the sidelines of, you know, the baseball field, softball field, and even a hairstylist who told me um, that, you know, SATs are passe and also, well, maybe just homeschoolers take the SAT. And um, I shared that with Jean, of course, who set me straight. And I have an education background and, uh, you know, had researched it. And I found online, you know, mixed and conflicting information. So when you're saying reputable sources, it's not just random online, you know, websites that are going to be swayed one or the other. And just for the the listeners, um, you know, Jean is um, a Fox News contributor as well as being on ABC, NBC, CBS. She's been on every network. Um, she's been on multiple uh, radio shows, um, you know, hosts her own podcast. How long have you been in business, Jean? 14 years. 14 years. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of success stories. Uh, so, um, again, another um, reputable source and just happy that I can be on here with you, Jean. <laughs> you mm-hmm. let me hang out. So, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap up today. And uh, you can, again, find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 57. Thanks so much, Jean. And we'll be back with, um, uh, we've got uh, 12 more uh, tips for you. So we'll be back in the next podcast sharing some more. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.